Amen. We're going to turn this morning to John chapter 11 is where we're going to begin. John chapter 11. praying for us Wednesday morning. I'll be leaving early Wednesday morning to fly to initially to Johannesburg, South Africa, and then from there to Lusaka, Zambia. And already, I already feel in my spirit that it's a special mission, that God has a work in them and in me. How many of you know it's in both? I'm looking forward to that being prayer for us. I'll be I'll be leaving next I'll be leaving this coming Wednesday morning, next Sunday and Sunday night. Heather will be preaching. Both Wednesday nights I'm gone. Brother Scott Hoffpower will be teaching. Life at Mag Church will continue on as usual. That means we need you and you need us. What we don't need, one of the worst infections that a church can come by come down with. How many know a church can get an infection too? How many know churches can get diseased? About the worst infection that a church can come down with is preacher-itis. That's what, preacher-itis is when you can't come to church unless your preacher's there. See, we're, we, we have a more balanced, healthy body than that. So we know that the people of Mag Church knows that the work of the Lord and the work of Mag Church carries on even when their pastor's doing a missionary work in Africa for a few days. Amen? I believe that. Faithful to the house of God. This is, where, this is the home base. This is where we're fed. You wouldn't go a week without eating because your cook took off. I mean, you... Is this thing on? How many of you are going a two-week fast because the, your cook was gone? Nope. No way. So be faithful to the house of the Lord as we take his word to Africa. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. John chapter 11. I want to begin reading in a very familiar account. And I'm going to not read all of it for the sake of time, but I'm going to read. The, the setting is, is that Jesus is on his way to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and Lazarus has died while he was on his way. In verse 14, Jesus said plainly, your brother is dead. Lazarus is dead. He says, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not here, I was not there, so that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. To who? Lazarus. And it talks about when they had arrived, that four days had passed already. And Martha said to Jesus what you and I would say, Master, if you had just been here, my brother would be alive, Yes. And Jesus told her, he said, your brother will rise again. And she says, oh, I know my brother. Well, she was, she was like us. 
she, she, she recited some doctrine, some theology. She, she, she said, oh, I know my brother will rise again in the day of, our, of the resurrection. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. See, it's not something he does. That's who he is. Now, I want you to know something that I believe up and until this point that Jesus is still not talking about raising Lazarus from the dead. He's telling her he's going to live again, and she's throwing back some, some she's parroting a doctrine, and he, and he says, there's a day of resurrection, but, but Martha, I am the resurrection, okay? Because, he says, I am the resurrection and the, and the life, though, we, though he may die, he shall yet live, and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Then over in verse 33, will you go there with me? It says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Interesting. And they said to him, Lord, oh, come and see. Verse 35 says what? Jesus wept. Had somebody ask me just this week, it's what kind of spurred me in the direction. Why did Jesus weep? Several people were answering the question, well, this, somebody said, because his friend had died. You know why Jesus wept? Because his friend died. And his, fam and her, and his family's hearts were broken. He says he's moved with the feelings of our infirmities. That he, he, over and over the word of God says when Jesus saw the masses, when he saw the crowd, he was moved with compassion. I said, well, why would he weep? He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Well, I will submit to you this morning that he did not. And that's what we're going to look at here in just a second. I don't believe up until the moment that he said, roll the stone away. You say, well, he's God. He knows it all. Is that right? We're going to look at it. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some said, could that not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this man from dying? Now look at verse 38. It says, then Jesus again, groaning, within himself came to the tomb it was a cave and the stone was lying against it and Jesus said take away the stone Martha the sister of him who had, was dead said to him Lord by now this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days and Jesus said to her did I not tell you that if you believe that you would see the glory of God so they took away the stone. That's obedience. Did you hear that? That's obedience. So they took away the stone where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, 
But because of the people standing around, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he who was dead came out, and his hands and feet were with grave clothes, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Thank you, Brandon. In Matthew chapter 4, I want to read something to you. Go with me there. I want to lay some groundwork for where we're going. Matthew, or yeah, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 says, Then Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit. I want to read that again. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 says, And Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit. Jesus is our model. He demonstrated everything that we can and should do. He demonstrated in his life on earth for his 33 and a half years. He is, he is the pattern. He walked it out for all to see. It says Jesus was led into the, into the wilderness by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Romans 8.14 speaks to the church, speaks to us. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Who is Jesus? The Son of God. How, how did he live his life on earth? He was led by the Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, what do we know about God? What do we, we know that it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? It's okay to say yes. John 1 and 1 says what? That in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In John's epistles, he wrote that these three are eternal in heaven. What did he say? The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus is God. We all agree. This is important. This is important groundwork. Do we all agree? Jesus is God. Not second God, not third God, just God. That everything the Father was, He is. Yes, we all agree. We know that God had no beginning and He has no end. That everything, that He is just I am. But you know, I found one place in the Word where the Word became something. Now, what does that mean? Because I'm talking about an eternal God who always was, always has been, no beginning. He, 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 there was no creator for God. He, he's it. He's always been who he is. So how can a, someone who's always been become something? 
It's the only place I read that I search out. You may be smarter than me and found something deeper, but I find one place in the Word of God where he became something. Because when you are, you can't become. Does that make sense? When you are, you can't become because you are. I read in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. When Jesus, see, He's eternally the Word. Always has been, always will be. But He became flesh. He was not the Son until He became. He was not the Son until He was begotten. Do you know that? That's what he became. Is, it, is, this my, is this the church I pastor? I'm beginning to get a little concerned. I didn't, thought I'd walked into the Episcopalian church. He became something. And what he became, see, when, when Jesus became flesh, when the Word became flesh, when he was begotten, when, see, it says he... John 3, 16, everybody can quote that. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What was that? That was, a, that was a beginning. It says that the Spirit of God moved upon Mary and she conceived. Jesus was begotten of the Father. Are you with me? This is all important to get where we're going. The, the one who is and always will be and always was, became something. He became like me. He became like you. He, 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 stepped out of it. he stepped out of eternity into time. He step, think about it. He stepped out of eternity into time. He had, a, he had a birth, a beginning in birth. He had an ending in death. But see, that was someone who always was and is and always will be stepped out of eternity into time and became something that he wasn't. He became flesh. He became flesh for a reason. Listen, he was God, always has been God, was God. But everything Jesus done on earth, he done it as a man. The Bible said how, how God was he? How, how God was he? The word says that while he was on the cross that he could have called 10,000 angels, legions of angels to come to his rescue and they would have came. Why? Because they were under his authority. Why? Because he was God. But he, but he wept in a garden over what was before him and he said, Father, if there's any other way that, that, that we can do this, then let this cup pass from me. Listen to his statement. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Everything Jesus done on earth, he done it as a man, empowered by the Spirit and obedience to his Father. He was the role. He, he, he became something so that I can. So that you can. Because John said that as many as receive him, same chapter, John chapter 1, as many as receive him gave he the power to become. 
Think about it. He became something so I could become. Why did Jesus weep? This is what caught my attention. Why did he weep? Or why would he weep when he knew he was going to raise him up? I don't believe that he knew he was going to raise him. He said, can you back that up, preacher? He was God. He was God. He, he was and is and always will be. But he stepped out of eternity into time. He stepped into, he stepped into flesh. He, he laid aside the expression of his deity, never the possession because, see, he didn't operate in the power. It, that was the whole thing when, 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 when the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. The whole point of the temptation, everything that the enemy tried to do was to get him to step out of flesh and to step into power. He tried to get him to step out of what he became and step into who he was. He tried to get him to abandon the mission of why he came. His whole point, the whole temptation was, command these stones be made bread. He was trying, can, I, can you command stones to be made bread? Neither can I. And, him in the, and he in the flesh could not do it, but he and his deity could have commanded those stones to become bread, and they would have done it. He tried to get him to step out of his mission and back into his deity. He said, just... Fall down and worship me. And I'll give you everything. You know, again, it was trying to get him to step out. But again, he said, it is written. One time, he, then another time, he took him up to the, the pinnacle of the temple and said, cast yourself off and call on the angels. You know why? Again, he could have. He said, for, because then the, then the enemy tried it. He said, for it is written that he's given you his angels charge over thee, lest you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, it is written that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What am I talking about? Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because he's like you and I. When, when my friends hurt, I hurt. When, when somebody close to me is mourning, I mourn. The Bible says to mourn with those who mourn. Oh, I, 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 do, you, do you really believe he didn't know he was going to raise him up? I do. And why do I believe that? Can I prove it? And the whole point is not whether he, can raise, whether he knew or whether he didn't know. The whole point is he, is he became like us so that we could become like him. Are you hearing me? Let's look at what Jesus began to answer to people. John chapter 5, let's look there. Verse 19. It's written in red. What does that mean? It means the word that became flesh said it. I'll take this little injection to tell you that Genesis, that the that the this book from Genesis one and one to Revelation twenty three twenty one is the word of Jesus. It's the story and the account of Jesus Christ and his redeem and his redemption. It is redeeming factor. The words in red are what he said when the word became flesh, but it's all him. Do you understand? In the big. 
in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. He is the living Word, all of it. The red is what he said in flesh. This is really important that you understand what he is about to say in the flesh that he became. Are you with me? I know I usually scream and spit more on Sunday morning, but sometimes we just need to slow down a minute and understand who we are, who he is, and why he did it. Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Verse 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. And whatever he does, likewise, the Son does. Verse, John chapter 12. Verse 49. Let's back up to 48 just for a little surrounding. He who rejects Jesus speaking, he who rejects me and does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Oh my. But for I have not spoken of my own authority. Jesus is speaking. This is the word that became flesh. This is, this is while he was on the earth. I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I could point to other places that Jesus says over and over, I don't do anything. When, he was, when the Word became flesh, when he walked on the earth, he said, I don't do anything unless I hear my Father say it. I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it. I don't do anything of my own authority. Everything I do is from the authority of my Father empowered by the Spirit of God. Jesus wept. Why? Because in his humanity, he was like me and you. It's no great mystery why he wept because it says, it only says he, that he wept, it says he groaned. Have you ever been in that place of, 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 of heartache and, heart, and, and heartbreak and, and compassion that there was nothing left in you but just a groan in your spirit? It says he groaned in the spirit. It said when they, when they took him to the grave, it said he groaned again. I think it interesting, the one who, who, is, who in his deity is all-knowing, but in his humanity says, where have you laid him? Because you know, we talk when, when God asks questions, it's not because he's seeking information. But see, when deity steps out and steps into flesh, when, it, when, he, when, when eternity steps into time, when the word becomes flesh, he walks on the scene and says, where have you laid him? Take me to him. When he gets there, he, he, he sees the sealed cave. What's, what's the next thing his father says to him? Anybody know? Because by now we ought to know that everything he's doing, his father has shown him or has said to him. 
He, gets, they, he takes him to the place of the stone, and when he gets there, he says, he looks at it and he says, take away the stone. Now in his deity, he could have just You understand that. But in his humanity, he said, y'all help me and roll away the stone. And in the middle of it, the sisters say, but Jesus, he's going to stink. He's been in there four days. I believe that might have been the first moment where there was some indication that he was about to call him out. Because why would you open it up? It wouldn't to see the body. Then he stands and he stands back after they've rolled the stone away. And he said, Lazarus, by name, come forth. I'm painting all that and just taking it very simply, almost just in a workman's form of, of teaching, because I want you to understand that everything Jesus done, I, I didn't bring you here to guess at why Jesus wept, because he wept, because he, he was feeling what we feel. I didn't come here to, to, to mess with your theology about Jesus' deity and his humanity. The word is clear that he became something. That he operated as a man empowered by the Spirit in obedience to his Father. And, he, and, and that was the plan. Because, but see, the reason that had to be, and the reason he had to be like me, Joe, because if he wasn't like me, if he wasn't like you, if he wasn't like you, he couldn't die for you. He had to bring himself into a position. Well, the fact of the matter is, and here, I'll help you some more. The fact of the matter is, is, is God is, etern is, is eternal in the past. He's eternal in the future. He's, he has all power. He has it all. And the fact of the matter is, if, if he didn't become something, he couldn't die. Come on. How are you going to kill God? You'll go to, if you go into Hebrews, you'll find that the, the writer of Hebrews said that Jesus couldn't even die on that cross until the Holy Spirit gave him permission to do it. He died as a man, as the sacrificial lamb. See, this is why, hold on church, this is why when you begin to understand what Jesus did and has done, you can begin to understand who you are, what you can do, and what, and what we have the ability to do because we understand that he came and walked it out. He came and demonstrated it. He came and did it just like I do it, just like you do it, just like we're called to do. We called us to be people that are led by the Spirit spirit and if you're led by the spirit that you can do what he has done it's the reason he said as he was leaving when he looked at all the miracles he said greater works than these shall you do because I go away he said because he told you why he was leaving 
He said, I am going to go away because if I do not go away, then the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, cannot come. He said, but if I go away, greater works than these shall you do because I go away. He said, I'm going to send another comforter. It literally meant I'm going to send another just like me. Only not bound by humanity. Not bound by time and space and physical matter. Y'all, this is good news. I'm laying it out as simple as I know how to lay it out because I want it to catch fire again in the church that if Jesus did, I can because he became something and it was like me said he who knew no sin became the sin offering so that i might become the righteousness of god in christ jesus he became so i could become and he walked it out in the flesh to dim it to show me how i'll remind you again romans eight fourteen says as many as are led by the spirit of god These are the sons of God. Church, we have to realize who we are before we can ever see the miraculous in the church. We have to, if we're going to ever live an overcoming life, how many of you know Jesus didn't come and die just to keep you out of hell? You've heard the scripture a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand and one. John 10 and 10 says the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life. And if he'd have stopped there, it would have been about not going to hell. If that's all he had said, his purpose in coming was singularly for me not to go to hell. I am come that you might have life. If he'd stopped there, but he didn't stop. He said, I've come that you, but I am come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. One translation says, to the full till it overflows. We have to understand that the, the, the help is not in self. The help is not in self. The help is not in leadership. The help is, the help is not in the program. The help, the, help is, the help is in Him. It's in Him, Peter said, I live and I move. It was Paul at, at Mars Hill. He said, it's in Him, in Him that I live, I move, I have my being. He walked it out to show me how to walk it. My faith is in Him. My faith is in the one who paid the price. My faith is the one who took my place. My faith, he is the one that opened the door so so that I could come in. It is he that gave me access to the power of God. Church, if we ever, if I ever, if you ever, if we ever get hold of what I'm telling you this morning, it'll be a game changer For every individual in this house, for every family, for this church, for this area, it'll change the world. If we would ever understand that everything Jesus done on earth, he done it as a man. Empowered by the Spirit. 
in obedience to his father. He made the way because, because I came in through him. He is the door. He told in, in John, he says, I am the door. He is the way in. He said, if anybody comes any other way, boy, I wish, it would, I, I, wish I could take the next hour and talk to you about how if anybody comes either in any other way, he's a thief and a robber. It's him and it's him only. He says, I am the way, the only way. I am the truth, the only truth. And I am the life, the only life. No man comes to the Father but through me. But when you come in through him, you get all the benefits of sonship. The Bible says that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That literally means, Calvin, that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me because I'm in him. Church, do we ever understand when Jesus foresaw things, when, when the word became flesh, this is what I want you to understand. He was operating in the leading of the Spirit, what I hear my Father say, what I see my Father do. How did He do that? By the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Whenever, when He saw into a, a situation, whenever He saw the demoniac and knew, it was discerning of spirits that did that. Why? Because it was the, it was the Spirit of God that empowered Him to know. Whenever he healed, it was the gift of healing. Whenever he calmed the storms, it was the working of miracles. Whenever he says, your brother shall live again, it was word of knowledge. Whenever he gave them the answer to an unknowable question, it was a word of wisdom. Y'all ain't hearing me. He's our model. When we're in Him, we can know the unknowable. We can do the undoable. We can, we, can, we, can, we can believe the unbelievable. We can change the course of nature. We can, we can call disease and sickness when we realize who we are in Him. See, it's not about messing you with your mind whether Jesus knew or why he cried it's about explaining it as about realizing that he became like me so i could become like him that's the bottom line when it's all said and done the bible says we've been made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's all about him. Paul talked about that we live out this, that we live out this life and power by the word of faith which is in your mouth. I'm thankful today. Brandon, you can come back. Y'all probably think that somebody kidnapped your pastor. 20 to, well, it says 20 to 1, so it feels about right. Because <laughs> we didn't set the clock back. 
Every time it's in the, in the fall, they think, leave that clock alone. Because I look back there, it says 1242, it's time to quit. Church, I'm so glad he didn't just, he didn't, he could have just, he didn't just throw it out there and say, do the best you can. He didn't just throw it out there and tell us to do the best we can. It's why it's so important to be in the Word of God. So important to, be, to, to dig and, and let the Spirit speak and to look, at the, to look at the life of Christ. Most important thing about the Gospels is just look at the life of Christ and understand that He, done, that, that he lived that life just like I do. He endured the pain of the cross just like I would. It was, he, he endured the passion of that week just like in, in, in the strength of a man. He, he came to a place where he, couldn't, where he couldn't even carry the load that he stumbled under the weight and needed help to carry it up the hill. He came to a place of such stress and anxiety that his sweat became as great drops of blood. They'd seen him prophesy and they'd seen him work in the gifts of the Spirit to the place that they began to ridicule him for it as he was about to die when they blindfold him and spit in his face and slap him and says, prophesy to us who hit you. He bore it all, Luther. He went through everything. He went through the ridicule, through the shame, through the mocking, through everything that comes with name in the name of Jesus. He didn't just throw it out there and tell you to do the best you can. He walked it out. And he walked it out in the the same method that he's asking me to. Do you know what would mean literally nothing? It would mean literally nothing if he had done it as God. Because I can't achieve the things of God in myself. But if I do it in Him, through Him, by Him, if I come to the place where I'm so near the Spirit, it says we can be close to Him. If I come to the place where I'm so near the Spirit that I can say, I don't do anything unless I hear my Father. I don't do anything unless I see my Father. I don't do anything under my own authority. I do it because of what He says. That's the model. That's the plan. That's the power. That's what changes things. If you could stand with me this morning. Father, we're so thankful today for your word and for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, I'm so thankful that you didn't leave me to do it on my own, that you showed me how. You demonstrated it. You went through the same temptations. Your word says that you were tempted in all points, all points, even as we are, yet without sin. How? In complete obedience to your Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for your grace for your mercy, for your blood, and for your model. Now help us.
This morning, amen. This morning, church, he's calling us. He's never quit calling, but he's renewing the call again. As he called to his disciples. Really, it always goes back to it. It's really quite a simple call. Yet one of the hardest things for us to get past, the call is, is real simple. He said, to, as he called his disciples, he said, follow me. He's literally calling us to model him. Paul understood that. We talked about it in Sunday school just this morning. We've mentioned it a few times lately. Paul understood it as well. Because Paul told, told, the, told the churches, he, he would say, follow me as I follow Christ. It's about, listen, if we'll follow him, see, it's more. <laughs> it always It's more than Savior. It's Lord. When he goes beyond Savior and becomes Lord, you'll do what he asks. And you'll just follow him. He's not asking us to do anything he didn't do himself. This morning, my heart and my commitment. I, I believe I'm talking to a church. I, I, I think I know everyone in the room practically. But this morning is not about salvation. This morning is about understanding who we are in him and following after him. It is a game changer, a life changer, a world changer when we walk it out in him. I'm going to walk it out. Church, this morning, that's, that's, that's where I'm going to leave it at, is are you going to walk it out with him? That with men, it's impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Listen, that's not rhetoric. We've listened to, we've listened to something so long that we think it's just rhetorical. It's just rhetoric. It's not rhetoric. It's not cliché. It's the Word of God. If you'll follow me, greater works than these shall you do. Can we begin believing for greater works? When we believe it, we'll see the prodigals. We'll see the lost and the lonely, the broken, the cast down and the thrown out. And I believe there's a dependence on Him that's on our door like we've never seen in our lifetime. And he's prepping us now by his word to be without lack. I want, I'm closing out, but I want you to understand because weeks of, we've talked about society. We've talked about what's on the horizon politically. We're seeing it play out. We're beginning to see things that we never thought we would see. And, and it's going to get worse and we've talked about it. but I, I always I want to bring it back to this because of this morning to understand if we will understand the things we talked about this morning that we've preached to you this morning that we've taught you this morning you have zero fear you have zero reason to fear zero reason to have any anxiety whenever you realize that you can walk it out just like Jesus did in obedience to the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit then these things will not touch you It'll be Psalm 91. Though a thousand fall at my right hand, ten thousand at my side, it shall not come nigh my dwelling. I have no reason to fear if I walk in power. 
put it all together, put the last month together and what we see playing out. You have no reason to fear if you understand what we're preaching this morning that we can walk in power. I'm going to walk in power. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, tell them you love them in the name of Jesus. Oh, ho, 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 thank you. I need the ushers back before you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I forget things, Mike. (laughs) Offering for Dan Parker, if you can and if you will. Mike, would you bless the offering? Amen. Thank you.